And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dunk. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dort. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're a part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, but not from this location, it's McKellie Bear. McKellie, what's up? Oh my gosh, McKellie might be frozen, so this is funny. If you're watching on YouTube, McKellie is completely frozen. He has this stone background next to him, and um, he is camping on the beach. McKellie, are you there? <clears throat> He's smiling. I can. I can hear you, but I'm not sure you can hear me. I can hear you now. You might have to go no video so that we can uh, stick okay. stick to it. He's uh, he's in a remote location. What about now? Oh, yeah. That's better. That's better. Okay. This is, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's an audio podcast. It's Voicemail Mondays here on Down to Dunk. So we've got several of you that sent your voicemails in and we are going to get to as many of these as possible um so yeah with uh, there's nothing to talk about there's nothing going on in the nba or with the thunder the schedule releases this week so that's something to look forward to i think it's thursday so uh get ready for that we'll talk about how the thunder are gonna play all the teams in the league twice maybe three maybe four maybe even four times uh, but seriously, we'll talk about the schedule, break it down, uh, and what we can look forward to. But here is voicemail number one. What's going on, guys? Uh, it's Bryson from North Carolina, back again. Um, just had another question for y'all. Um, obviously, it's more around the league uh, view and the, the perspective of like team building, right? So I'll start by saying I'm an NFL fan, and a lot of... What I hear from the team that I follow in Washington is like, oh, we'll build the team first and add in like a quarterback, the piece we need later, right? Build the team, build a solid, good team around, you know, who you have right now, and then go from there, drop a piece in kind of thing. And I think about that a lot when it comes to Oklahoma City and how they're building through the draft and how we talk about maybe they'll – They'll capitalize some of those picks in and, um, you know, get a bet, you know, whatever the, whatever the theory is that you decide to go with. Um, but I, I guess my question is, 
why do we think that you have to have a top 10, 15 player to be in the championship talk or or something along those lines? I feel like you can build a solid enough team. Um, and I, I, I just go back to the question I heard last week. The guy talked about you have three max slots. And, I mean, I guess you don't – my my thing is you don't necessarily have to have three maxed out players. I feel like if you have maybe two players, top 25, top 15, another top 25, 30 player, you know, not maybe not top of the top, A tier, S tier, but maybe like B plus, A tier. Like you get enough of those and you surround them with the role pieces you need. Why can't they be a contender? Um, so that's kind of my question. Why do we look at it? as like you have to have a undoubtable superstar on your team or several to be able to be a contender. Thanks guys. We love you. Keep it up. Thanks for the question. It's a good question. Um, let's just go back. Let's go let's go back and look at the history of the last decade or so of teams that won the NBA title. So the Golden State Warriors in twenty twenty two. They have a guy named Steph Curry. Um, Kelly, we can't see you. It sounds like it sounds like you're maybe um, crunching through the woods or something. Um, and then 2021 is the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis, def- definitely a top five player. 2020, LeBron James and Anthony Davis won the title in the bubble. 2019, Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors win. Um, 2018, the Warriors with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. 2017, Steph Curry um, and Kevin Durant. 2016, LeBron James. 2015, Steph Curry. 2014, Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan. 2013, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. 2012, same crew. 2011 is where we get to a team that maybe didn't have a guy that was considered to be like a top five player. We've got to go all the way back longer than a decade ago. Um, longer than a decade ago, we get to the Mavs who has still had Dirk Nowitzki, who's one of the best players of all time. Um, great. Then before that, 2010, you have Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. Uh, nine, Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. Eight, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen. 2007, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. 2004 is another exception where you have like a really solid team. But we're talking two exceptions. And then we have to even go back further. You get Spurs, Lakers, 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 Spurs. And then we're at the Bulls dynasty. Bulls dynasty. Uh, for their second three-peat. Then you have the Rockets. Uh, intermission from the uh, Michael Jordan era. Then you're back to the Bulls. Like the next team that's an exception to the rule, like I don't know that there is one. Like maybe the '79 Sonics, <laughs> you know. But even then, um, so we're talking about if you want to win the NBA championship, what do you have to have? You have to have a top five player. Like you just absolutely have to have one. Um, I wish that it was the case that you could just build a solid team. And if it just depends on what your goals are, I guess. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies of the grind, uh, the grind city area or area era 
Um, we're a really solid team. They're really good. And um, they didn't do a whole lot with regards to winning, but they were just solid. They were always in the mix. They're always a team you didn't want to play in the playoffs. Like The Thunder could build a team like that pretty easily, I think. I think the team they have now could turn into that pretty easily. Um, so if the goal is to win a title, that's why. Because there's two exceptions in the last 30 years, you know. And could you be one of those? Could you be a Detroit or Dallas? You could be, but everybody else has one of those guys. You know, the only other questionable one would be Kawhi, but Kawhi, he did it with multiple teams. So you can't even really question it. Um, Got to have those guys. You can't count on be, being an exception to the rule. I mean, that's that's the thing. And if you're the Thunder, you've got to be different. You just have to be different if you want to make it there. So, uh, Michele, he's back. Um, let me see if I'm really back. Oh, you're, this is a better connection than the other one. Yeah, it's basically LTE. Um, I tried to switch to a quieter location because my son was not having it me being nearby and so he, here i am um i heard you uh, answering the last part of the question so let me allow me to jump in sure it's it's basically in the numbers i mean i'm, I'm sure that you already discussed this but um it has probably never close to never being done for real i mean detroit was in, was the exception that you already mentioned uh, and the fact is just hey um, yes, you can build a very good team uh, around good but not great players. But the problem is if you find on your way a team that has great player and is awesomely built, you will never win. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, The fact that that Detroit team probably beat um, a dysfunctional team. Very good, very talented, but dysfunctional one. Yep. Um, like right now, Golden State is such a functional team and Milwaukee is a very good team when healthy so it's um it's probably something that you need to have um is it you really need a top five player that is maybe up for a question it's still um maybe but you need to have something around top 10 and if you, if your top 10 is not really good you need to have probably two in the top 15 let's put it this way yeah I mean finding a player that was not in the top 10. Because, I mean, would you have considered Dirk a top 10 player in 2011? I mean, probably. <sighs> probably, yes. I mean, Kevin Garnett. And he played like one. Yeah, Kevin Garnett. Uh, let's was put it this way, Andrew. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you, you can say, hey, uh, maybe uh, Dirk and KG and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen were not top 10 player for the regular season you can say that but at least for Dirk he played like one <laughs> maybe he played yeah. like a top five player yeah. in 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 um, in, the, in that postseason so hmm. um yeah maybe you can you can have a guy that basically increase his uh quality of play and production uh on the playoffs and then maybe maybe it's enough for you yeah yeah the Celtics were mentioned. I'm just talking about teams that have won it all. Like the Celtics this past year, like you can question whether Tatum is like actually a top ten player. Um, it's debatable, 
But yeah, he's probably top fifteen. Jalen Brown's probably top twenty. Um, it's a, but still, getting two top twenty players isn't easy, you know. And they have a great supporting yeah. cast, great coach, you know. But they didn't win it, and they lost. They lost in six games. Mm-hmm. And like a, Phoenix last yes, year, yes, Phoenix, great. They had a great season. They went to the finals. It was awesome. They they didn't win it. You know, they didn't win it. There's been a lot of great teams that didn't win it. But, you know, I don't know that they're a great team, like an all-time great team. Uh, they're a good team. I don't I don't know that they're a great team. Uh, all right, question number two, coming at you. What's going on, fellas? Uh, my name is Bryson from North Carolina. Just got a question for y'all. Kind of about to play in a little bit. Um, was just wondering, so... If we let the guys play, right, like they talk about beginning of the season, let them establish themselves, whatever, um, how do you guys – I know Michele, um, I hope I'm saying that right, is is more catering to we could make the play-in, we could possibly or we could, we could be better than what a lot of people are expecting throughout the entire year. I think that it's a very big possibility that some of these guys pop and we're able to push through the second half of the season uh, because of the fact that, you know, they're playing well. Maybe Shea doesn't want to uh, sit out or whatever the case may be. Um, sorry, I, my point is that do you think that if we make it to the plan, hypothetically, or if we get somewhere farther and, you know, maybe our draft, stock isn't very high or our chances aren't high um, and we, we land at maybe 12 or 11, you know, um, I think it's a very good possibility we trade up. Maybe not to a high pick, but it is a deeper draft. Trade up to eight or nine, uh, seven, you know, uh, you still get that that lottery player or um, maybe you stay where you are and you're outside of the lottery, trade up to the deal zone, something like that. Uh, just, sorry for the long one, just had a question about that. All right, Michele. Yeah, you... I think that this is, yeah. th- this makes sense. I mean, uh, it, it is always, it always need a partner to dance. Um, um, and I think that with, um, with the promising draft, uh, it's, difficult to trade up um, especially if you want to 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 go from say uh, 14 to 5 uh, that will require quite a lot I think um, last year uh, which wasn't a great draft uh, well this year not sorry not last year it took three picks uh, to get 11, to get to uh, 11. yes they were coming yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yes the, the pick where they started from was a very late one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, motorbikes. Sorry, uh, this this also <laughs> happens. Um, but it can be done. I mean, sure. I, I'm sure that the trade up thing is is just the, a number play. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really like that player enough in order to spend part of your a huge part, I would say, of your draft capital for the next few years to get in? that player now or is it better to hold to your position and use that draft capital maybe to lure um some big name in a in a trade in 2024 
for example. These are all the calculations that have to be made. Mm. Now, this year they took Jeng because they probably really think that both him and JDAP have potential to be, I would say, borderline all-stars. Otherwise, you don't do that trade. You don't right. use uh, three picks, sorry, four picks to, to, to draft two players because they had mm -hmm. their own and then they used three extra picks to, yeah. to, to, to get the other one. So you don't use two picks on a player that doesn't have the potential to be an all-star someday. Yeah. So it, it's, all, it's all a baseline calculation. Um, and yes, I'm still camp. You should really let this team play out. Um, at least for the first 20, 30 games. Um, to they, see, they will. That'll happen. That will happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and, and then, again, and then it's a math play. Yeah. Because he, um, if Shea is on a tear and Chet is playing well and you're winning, I don't know, 55% of your games, mm -hmm. it's, it's a hard pill to swallow to say, hey, guys, nice. Um, it's um, European season, so thirty games only, and then we are just losing every uh, all the all the, all the way uh, up to April. If they are mm -hmm. stumbling and they are, I don't know, ten and twenty, then it's much easier to say, "Hey, look, Shay, you can play, I don't know, sixty games this year. Yeah. Uh, it will be mostly um, playing down by twenty or so because we will play all the dysfunctional lineups we can. You can put as many numbers as you want, but mm -hmm. this is it, this is the deal." So it's it's going to be again number based, I think. Yeah. It, another thing is like the West is going to be really tough this year. Like really, really tough. I mean, it's it's hard to find teams that you're confident the Thunder will be better than. Like Houston, I think the Thunder will be better than Houston. And then it's like Utah still has a lot of work to do for them to be worse than the Thunder. Yeah. You know. But isn't it the best situation possible? Like, if you win a lot against a very stacked Western Conference, it means way more than winning against, I don't know, winning more against a conference that you know that had terrible injury, uh, like, I don't know, unlucky events. Like, yeah. if, you, if you jump up to a great start playing against very good teams... That tells you way more than the opposite. Well, that means you're actually good. Like you're not just, you know, there's been years where the West has been down or the, you know, the East has been down, you know, even last year, only, it only took 34 wins to get 10th. That, that's not happening again. You know, that's not going to happen again. You know, Houston, San Antonio, maybe Utah are the three teams I can say I think the Thunder could be better than. You know, it's possible that they are. It's not a guarantee, but it's possible that they're better than those teams. That's three teams. And then, like, Portland, Sacramento, Lakers, Clippers, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Mavericks, Warriors, Grizzlies, Suns, they're going to have to have something catastrophic happen. And it, you know what, it always does. Well... Don't say that with Sacramento. You, we know that it's not right. I know, but they won 30 games <laughs> last year even with a, a weird year, which they always have a weird yeah. year. But they have Sabonis. You know, he's, he's worth a lot. You know, he didn't play very much for them. And yeah. I think that he will, he'll help. He'll help. Demand them. a trade. Sorry. <laughs> 
if he if he and Fox are healthy, I think they'll be fine. I think they could win thirty six games or something like that. I don't know if they're gonna be good, but you know. It's gonna take a lot for the Thunder to win more than thirty six games. Uh, I think you got to. Be- I like your enthusiasm for Sacramento. <laughs> enthusiasm. <laughs> they're gonna be perfectly mediocre. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great for them. Uh, thirty six is an enthusiastic result. You think uh, so, for Sacramento? Yeah. No, it's terrible, but they they will be extremely excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With thirty six, you're probably in the playing. Maybe not. Maybe not. You mm-hmm. know, it may it may take more than that. It took 43 wins to get to the play-in for the East last year. I think the West will be yeah. strong like that this year. There was a lot of bad luck in the West last year. Um, so I think a lot of these teams will bounce back and will be better, and especially like a team like Portland is going to eat up some wins for sure. I don't know if they'll how much above five hundred they'll be, but I do I would predict they would be. You know, they had a point differential of negative eight point nine, which I think is the worst. Yeah, they had the worst point differential in the league just because they were so putrid toward the end of the season. So it's pretty crazy. Uh all right, let's go to our third caller. Here we go. Hey dudes, it's Tyler. From Dude Buffet, uh, my question is, uh, is there a song from when you were younger where you misheard a lyric and it took you a really long time to learn the right one? For example, in 50 Cent's 2003 hit in the club, I thought he said, in the group four or five, let the mother burn, uh, <laughs> instead of... If the roof on fire, let the mother burn, which makes a lot more sense. Uh, I thought that he was in a group of four or five friends and liked to let a mother burn. <laughs> Do you have a song like this? Thanks, dudes. Love the show. Rise together. Rise together. <laughs> Tyler, uh, McKellie, do you have one? If you don't, I would kind of like to table this for Friday. And I'm going to save this to my desktop. Yeah, I mean, right I, now, actually. I, I can say with um, using 25 seconds that I probably misspelled or misunderstood or both every single English song that I heard when I was younger. Yeah. Um, that, was a, that is really custom for a non-English speaker to just mumbling stuff that looked like what the singer was trying to sing. So it's um it's probably every song that I ever listened when I was young, which is nice. Yeah. I still don't know what they mean. Uh, the one that just comes to mind, and it's just my aunt, and she misheard this as an adult. She, the the song, the final countdown. She thought it said the there's a fire downtown. Um, <laughs> That's so, brilliant. Yeah. So she just thought like they were just getting pumped up for this fire. Um, all right, we'll go to our fourth caller. Here we go. Hey, Andrew McKelly, Tyner Ferguson here. I was just wondering if you all would rank your top five Thunder players by who has the most aesthetically pleasing game. Thank you. Aesthetically pleasing game. Go wow. On. That's that's that question is very, 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 very good. 
Yeah. I mean, aesthetically pleasing. Let's go back and forth. We'll get a top five. Pick number one. Okay. Kevin Durant. Like, not even close. Are we talking about current oh. Thunder or all time? I think it's current. Let's go but current. If you want so to go all let's time, go, sure. Let's go current so that we don't have to hurt our hearts. Um, number one, Shea Gildas Alexander is like so much fun to watch. The way he gets yeah. downhill, the way that he can pull up. Um, you know, thinking uh, that Lakers game that they played early on in the season where he oh, hits yeah. that three right on the L, uh, giving the yeah. Lakers a big fat L, was just like, holy smokes. Like, this guy's a superstar. Um, so, yeah, Shea. Yeah, the shot is not aesthetically pleasing to me. Um, His game there are better is, shots. But but the game, the smoothness yeah. with which he attacks the basket, it's just amazing. And the, yeah. the, the craftiness and the, I would say, finesse with which yeah. he finished the basketball, it's um, it's very good. It's great, yeah. Hoofstock69 in the chat says, he, when he said, I'm him, it's just like, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, and for that game, there was the call of commentators where I think Jay Rich and... Um, who was the other one? I don't remember. Uh, six man. Uh, why? 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 I can't remember his name. Six man of the year, like a gazillion times, played with Phoenix uh, as uh, his last stop. Oh, Jamal Crawford. Out here. Yeah, Jamal Crawford. Sorry, oh, uh, yeah, um, I, I could remember. picture his I don't jersey, but not the name. Yeah, I don't remember the game. I don't remember the, their call, but like I do remember them doing a game. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, this was yeah, like yeah. this was their second win of the season. They beat the Lakers 107-104. Shea had 28, 3, and 6. 4 of 7 from 3. Just a monster night. Lou Dort had 17. Derek Favors had a double-double, 10 and 12. That's funny. Uh, Yeah. Okay, who else? Aesthetically pleasing. You get the next pick. I see that my connection is not so great. Uh oh. So, oh, we are losing oh. him. I'm gonna I'm gonna re- remove McKelly. Maybe we can bring him back. Okay. So let's go through the other aesthetically pleasing players on this team. I honestly think that the next guy up might be Trey Mann. Because Trey, when Trey really has it going, and it was kind of a shame he didn't really have it going all that much. In summer league, there's something up with his handle. I didn't know what was going on, um, but when Trey's really got it going, there there's not a lot of guys on this team that are more fun to watch than him. I thought he was amazing last year uh, when he had those like 20 point quarters. Just like I mean, this guy was gonna make anything that he put up. Um, then from there, we're talking about like offensively aesthetically pleasing or defensively. Um, Honestly, not offensively is 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 definitely not aesthetically pleasing. But watching Lou Dort play defense on somebody one on one is so much fun. That dude will just lock guys up, and you know specifically like the, that Sacramento game where he was guarding Deer and Fox. Unbelievable performance by him. Um, and then we're down to like, okay, who put potentially has an aesthetically pleasing game. Like Chet, definitely. Just the way that he can get up and down the court. His pull-up game is pretty nice. His step back is pretty nice. Um, And then 
it gets uh, kind of interesting from there. Like, who's aesthetically pleasing from here? Hit me up in the chat um, if somebody else is. <laughs> Nate Thomas <laughs> um, says Poku is aesthetically pleasing. Poku is, uh, I'd say he's pleasing uh, in some ways. He, but there are moments where you just bury your your head your head in your in your hands, just like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? I think Jalen Williams, J Dub will have a game like that. I think Kenrich does. I think that he's got just kind of a smooth game too, but he's not really high usage. You know, we got some work to do in that category on this current team. So yeah, but it's a good question. Uh, all right, let's go to our next caller. Um, Grape Ape says Lindy Waters. Lindy Waters is fun to watch. I think getting him out there with Giddy, I'd like to see him get a chance to be out there as like the two guard in a lineup where he can, you know, run around screens or just spot up and just give them give him a chance out there. I don't know that he's going to get it because there are a lot of guys that will be clamoring for minutes above him, but I'd like to see him get a chance. Um, all right, here's our fifth caller. Hi, this is uh, Liam calling from Dublin, Ireland. Um, I'm thinking about coming back into the States for opening night this year, and uh, I was wondering what would you guys' uh, ideal opening night matchup be? I'd really like to see us uh, play the Magic, in my opinion, see a Paulo versus Chet matchup, but I'd like to see what you guys would like uh, for opening night if you got to pick the game. That is a home opener, of course. But uh, uh, listening over here in Europe, in Ireland, and keep doing the good work, boys. All the way from Ireland. Thanks so much for the call. I think that Orlando is a good one. But if we're talking, like, let's let's get this season started, I think, I think it's got to be Houston. The history between the, the two of these teams um, is just something else, you know, from all the way back from the James Harden trade and stuff that we've been talking about on Wednesdays. You know, all the way up until like now, they're kind of like racing to be two good teams that have been tanking for a minute. And, you know, I think Orlando's fun. Uh, and I think like Detroit would be fun. But there's not another team that we're necessarily like measuring ourselves up against more than Houston when it comes to like, okay, we got, you know, they've got. Um, you know, Jalen Green, and we've got Giddy, and they've got Shangoon, and and I was actually on a Rockets podcast recently. They're talking about how like Usman Jang and Shangoon need to be kind of tied at the hip for their careers because essentially the Thunder used the assets they got in the Shangoon trade to take Jang, and they essentially chose Jang over Shangoon, and. If you were to ask me, I like it just because choosing a wing over a big is something that I would do almost 100 out of 100 unless I think that big is going to be Joel Embiid or Jokic or something like that. I don't think Shengun's going to be that. So I like the bet they made. I don't necessarily love Jang as a player. He wasn't one of the guys that I loved during the draft process, so I need to see more from him. But I like the idea of picking like a 6'10 wing over a 6'10 big. That's like just going to be a big. It's going to struggle 
to defend in the pick and roll. So uh, Houston would be the one. Houston would be the one that I think I would be most excited for. I think Paolo Chet would be exciting, definitely. But I think the game that I think we'd be most excited for and a game that I think we could potentially win, because like winning on opening night here would be really fun. I think it would be really fun. They're not going to win very many games, and so just winning would be great. Um, let's see. Oh, Zeke Snyder uh, mentions Giddy and aesthetically pleasing. I can't believe I didn't say Giddy. That was really dumb of me. Uh, watching his passing, his shot isn't aesthetically pleasing, but like in the open court, Giddy's got the ball. He's got he's running with two guys. Like there's not a lot that's more fun in the league, and we got to see that in summer league a lot. And man. What a blast that was. Yeah, Giddy's at the top, toward the top of the list, um, probably along with Shay. Uh, all right, here's our sixth caller. Hi, Andrew. Uh, this is Chuck Cohen. I called a couple of weeks ago with a, a question or a thought. Um, actually, I have two this week uh, regarding the Thunder. One would be, since I see a lot of good improving teams in the Western Conference. What's your guess, uh, since obviously OKC is going to be better, uh, in where they will land at the end of the season and towards the draft? I mean, I think they're going to win about 10 more games, but a lot of the t- it's a tough, tough conference this year. Uh, and the second has to do with KD. Uh, I have my own theory on why he wants out of New York. I think it's financial. Uh, I think he's taken the beating on his investments uh, since he moved there, and he just wants to get out of that city. I think he's lost a lot of money uh, in the last year, year and a half, because he's into crypto and a lot of those other things. Uh, do you? But the question is, do you think OKC could possibly – get involved in the three-person trade if a three-team trade if he does indeed get traded. Personally, I think he's going to stay in Brooklyn. Uh, But thanks. Uh, Either one, both, whatever, I'll be listening. Thanks a lot, Uh, Chuck. Chuck, thanks so much for the call and the questions. Very much appreciated. Let's start with the Kevin Durant one. I think it's an interesting angle, and I don't think you're wrong, Chuck, on some of the investments. I'm not for sure on that, but I have heard things to that degree about Kevin that some of his investments haven't worked out like he would have hoped recently. Um, So uh, that's about as far as I'll go with with that answer. Uh, I do so, do think some of it is basketball related because they haven't been able to get past round one um, or round two, I mean. And he doesn't have a lot of time left. And tying himself to Kyrie Irving and and Ben Simmons is kind of scary, honestly. Like they're theoretically the best team in the NBA, but only theoretically. We haven't seen him play, and so I think that some of it could be that they don't. He doesn't want to tie himself to those two players in particular. Um, but I do think some of it could be off the court related as well. As far as the Thunder getting involved, I mean, it's always possible because the Thunder do have picks and lots and lots of them. And so if they could, you know, trade 
some picks for some future picks. You know, that's a possibility within the trade, but um, the other complication is that the Thunder don't have the cap space to get in on a trade like this. So theoretically, a way they could have gotten involved earlier this summer was they, you know, have $15 million in cap space and they absorb a player and get a pick to take that player on. So uh, they don't have really have that option now. They also don't have roster spots available. So I would guess that they will not be involved in like a three-team trade. But, you know, Sam is one of the more creative people when it comes to trades in the NBA. So I would, won't doubt Sam's ability to squeeze in there and do something. But I would say the odds are quite low. Uh, and then we talked a little bit about the West earlier. I can talk more specifically where I think they could land. Uh, I think Houston will be the worst team in the West. Uh, they've improved their talent, no doubt. Uh, but we're talking about counting on two rookies uh, in order to, you know, for them to be their two best defenders. Um, that's it's not a good thing to count on like asking Tari Eason to come in and make a huge impact in year one he may put up some numbers but man I would be shocked if he contributed to winning basketball to start his career Um, he could develop into somebody that does but I would be quite surprised if that were the case so I put Houston at 15th in the west next I would probably say San Antonio at 14th. Uh, that's where the Thunder landed last year with 24 wins. I think that San Antonio is going to take a pretty big step back. Um, they still have some good pieces on their team, so they're not going to be putrid. And they, they need to trade Jakob Pertl, I think, in order to like be the that team. And I think that they probably will do that. Um, and then I think the Thunder will be in this battle where if you there's a chance that Utah honestly like they've got a ton of picks in the Gobert trade, there's a chance they don't trade Donovan. They don't get what they want. They don't trade him. They end up trying to play this season out, see how it goes, and then try to to move forward where they're fighting for the play in. You know, there's that's not impossible that they do that. I mean, they won almost 50 games last year, and they got some interesting pieces on their squad still. Some people act like they just trade Mitchell and everything's torn down. Well, they're still kind of a team that's okay with some of the pieces they have. Mike Conley and Bogdanovich and Jer Vanderbilt, I think is interesting. That's not a good team by any stretch, but I think that there's a, a chance that they're like right there with the Thunder. Um, the thing with the Thunder is that they're the youngest team in the league by a pretty decent margin. You know, Average age of 22 with Favors on the roster. And Favors, I don't think, will be on the roster moving forward. So I like what the Thunder are building. I just think when the average age of the team is 22, boy, is it tough to win games. You know, and that's not anybody's fault. Like, it just is. Like, it's really tough to win games when your average age is 22. That's just the way the NBA rolls. So I would be surprised if they landed above like 13 or 14. I would think they'll be 13 or or 12 or 13 is where I think that they'll end up. Because then we're talking about teams like Portland, Sacramento, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Nuggets. Like some of these teams that are going to be in the play-in are going to be like, man, 
we're, we thought we were really good. You know, Minnesota, man, we made all these moves. Like, we're still in the play-in? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Like, like Phoenix and Memphis is one that could fall, that I think will fall into the play-in range just because they're missing Jaron Jackson. Uh, Kylie Anderson's gone. DeAnthony Melton's gone. That team is going to take a little bit of a step back in order to hopefully take a step forward with these young guys. But, man, they're going to be playing a lot of young guys too. And without Jaron Jackson, it's going to be a really interesting start to the year because I don't even I don't even know who starts for them. And they were the number two seed. So I think they may, they may take a step back. But they won 56 games last year. And they dealt with a lot of injuries. So I just wonder what that looks like for them. Golden State's not taking a step back. They're going to be awesome. The, I think the Mavericks are still going to be good. I don't know if they'll win 52 games. I think they'll win probably high 40s. The Nuggets won 48 games last year. Didn't make, didn't have to play in the play-in, and they were missing two of their best players. They're going to be good. They they got some pieces in. KCP is going to be really really helpful to them. Uh, the Minnesota, like I mentioned, the Pelicans. Man, the Pelicans are going to be really good. They'll have CJ McCollum there for the whole year. Zion's supposed to come back. That's a dangerous squad. They got momentum on their side too, and they started the year so bad, so so bad. I haven't even mentioned the Clippers. We're going to have Kawhi and Paul George coming back. And everybody remembers Bird Night whenever Paul had COVID. I mean, that was a great, great thing for the Thunder. Ended up getting them uh, Jalen Williams. Praise the Lord for that. But man, that's a, that's, the West is tough. And then I haven't said anything about the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers are going to be in the mix. I don't think they're going to be a good team, but man, the West is tough. There's there's a few teams that are going to be bad, maybe three or four teams that are going to be bad, but there's a lot of teams that are going to be trying. So I think the Thunder will be better, but I think that better will also coincide with the West being better. Um, so, but it's good. But that's a good thing. It's a great thing. We should all say this is a good thing because if the Thunder get one more blue chipper on this team and maybe they get actually get lucky again two years in a row, boy, like watch out. The Thunder are going to be floating to the top of the West sooner than people can imagine if something like that could happen. So, This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. All right, caller number seven. Andrew and Mickey, it's Trey Brown again calling with another Sunday, uh, another Monday voicemail question for you guys. Um, this time, guys, I wanted to ask you um, not about the Thunder, but about another team that concerns the Thunder, and that would be the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, it seems to be a foregone conclusion that this 23 swap that we have this next year will not convey. If they have a healthy Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, there's no reason that they should be a worse team than OKC this year, uh, or so it may seem. Uh, they did also lose plus-minus darling Isaiah Hartenstein, and they brought in not so much plus-minus darling Moses Brown, uh, and they signed John Wall, and they have great depth, so they should be better um, than OKC. But my question for you guys is, um, what did you think about their offseason moves? What would it take for that swap to convey? Is it just health? Um, and when do you think uh, there would be a decline and a sort of a swap in regards to how good the Thunder are and if they're better than the Clippers, what year you think that might be? Is that as soon as 2024? Do we have to wait till 2026? Will it even be in uh, 2026? I know that's just a, a pick, but um, uh, we do have the swap in 25 um, as well. Anyway, guys, um, oh, a uh, side question here. I wanted to know which member of the Dream Team happens to have the deepest bag, and is it Joe Masato? Because that's my assumption, but I wanted to know if you guys uh, had something to say uh, to his face or uh, on the uh, on the pod here that maybe just a little trash talk, and uh, if you guys could ever post a video of you guys balling out, that'd be pretty sick. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know that anybody's got a super deep bag. On the Dream Team show. It might be John Hamm. John Hamm was like a really good high school basketball player. So it might be John Hamm. But I don't know if it's like today's version of John Hamm. Um, I haven't played with Joe. I've actually had opportunities to play, but it hadn't worked out to play with Joe yet. Um, so that's, I mean, that, a TBD on that. We're going to have to, we're going to have to get in the gym with those guys to figure that out. Uh, and then with regards to when the Thunder could like start receiving like these swaps actually start making sense that's a great question next year's i just i just don't think that there's i mean think about it like last year went as about as bad as it could have gone for them um and it still they weren't even close you know we weren't even close and last year they just got they got the pick unprotected but like if it was a swap I don't think there's any point that you'd be like sweating that at all. Um, the neck, I mean, a lot of it is Ty Lue. It's not only like the players on their team, but like Ty Lue's so good. 
you know, and it puts players in great positions. I don't think that they're going to be necessarily missing Isaiah Hartenstein. So I think the swap um, won't come into play then. 2024, they have their they have the pick unprotected from the Clippers. Um, the decline could really happen any time, man. We're talking about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and their health. You know, I think we're going to learn a lot this year. They could get back on track and like stay on track for a couple of years. I think that's possible. Um, but I wouldn't count on that at all. Um, 2025 is really interesting because they have the rights to swap between Houston, which is top 10 protected. Um, there is a, a case to be made that Houston and OKC could be out of the lottery then. I think I think OKC will get out of the lottery before Houston does, just because of the way the rosters are being constructed. Um, and then they also have swap rights with the Clippers in 25. Now that that is interesting. I do think that that could come into play. Um, it may not be swapping to get a top five pick. It could be swapping to get like the 16th pick while the Thunder have the 20th pick. And just having the ability to do that, I think, is is really interesting. Um, twenty twenty six, they have their unprotected pick, um, but yeah, and then and then they're done. Um, so I really think the year to circle when it comes to swaps is twenty five, and you know we'll have the twenty two twenty three. So the twenty three draft, the twenty four draft. 25 drafts. So we're talking after two more drafts, we'll have the 25 draft. So in three drafts, the Thunder will have swap rights. I have a hard time believing the Thunder will be bad by then. Um, so I would say that the, I would circle that 25 draft. Could be really, really interesting. And I think the Rockets hope that they're not, you know, in danger, or I guess, I guess they hope that there's like no chance that that's, they, they are scared that there's no chance because if they're still in the bottom 10, like that's not a good thing in 25. Um, so that is very interesting to me with regards to these Clippers picks, but yeah, 25 would be the year that I'd be like, okay, that's when that swap could be really interesting because who knows where they're at? Who knows? That could be a year where like the Thunder are top ten team in the league, and you look down and the Clippers have bottomed out and they're just like suffering down there. Like you get like the seventh pick. I mean, that's not impossible. It's definitely not impossible. So great question. Uh, let's go to our last voicemail. This is caller number eight. Hey, what's up? It's the OKC Thunder Baby, Goo Goo Gaga. It seems like most people think the starting five to begin the year is going to be Shea, Dort, Giddy, either JRE or Baisley, and then Chet at the five. Who outside of those six guys do you think is the best chance to force their way into the starting lineup at the end of the year, assuming everybody's healthy and plays every game? Is it like J-Dub? Is it Aaron Wiggins maybe? Who knows? What do you guys think? Yeah, it's a great question. I th I think you're on the right track with saying J-Dub just because he's so versatile. I don't think they want to play necessarily that small. It's, it's going to put a ton of pressure on Chet from the get-go. 
So I wouldn't say that there's a good chance of that. I mean, maybe Jang just shows out in training camp and it's like, wow, well, he had a great summer. You know, this is something long-term that we'd want. And he's big. You know, J-Dub's 6'6". Jang is 6'10", 6'11". He's giant. So if things go really well, it could be him. Um, You know, who knows? Maybe Poku has a great summer. I wouldn't be counting on that. But maybe he does. Maybe he has a great summer. And you decide that you want to start Poku at the four. Uh, Another real candidate. (laughs) I gave you two fake candidates. Another real candidate, I think, is Kenrich. You know, with regards to helping everybody out on the court, he's awesome. Which makes me think that they would probably just rather have him on the second unit. Because I think he was really helpful to Poku his first year and the beginning of last year just like helping him know where to be on the defensive end. So I think that they'd rather reserve those minutes for guys that need a little bit more help out there, which there will be a lot. Uh, So, yeah, I think those are probably the candidates. It's a little boring. It's a little dry because there's not like a ton of possibilities in there. But I do think that Jeremiah will start at the four. Next, and then you'll have next to Chet just because he can absorb just a lot of like the low post players and a lot of the the really strong guys. I think you could throw Jeremiah onto them and you can let Chet defend on the perimeter a little bit more if he needs to. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that that's possible. You also, I say on the perimeter, but you also want to keep Chet as close to the basket as possible because he's going to be a rim protector. Um, so there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a few possibilities. I think Wiggins is not the worst option, but he's a wing. And so in that scenario, and even with J-Dub, you can say that like defensively, Giddy's R4. And Giddy's super strong too. I don't know that they'll throw him there now. Uh, but I do think in the future, if the Thunder, let's say they get a wing in the 23 draft, or if like Oos like really works out, uh, or if Jalen Williams is like, whoa, like this guy is like the third best player on the team and it's not even close. Like you got to start those guys. You got to start them and you figure it out later. And that's where you slide Giddy over to the four on defense, um, which I ultimately think is uh, is the best case scenario for the Thunder. Is like you have all these wings and Giddy's guarding fours and Chet's guarding fives and you're just weird and wacky and the mismatches are everywhere because if you have him guarding the four, he grabs the ball off the rim. Well, now he's your point guard. And he's going to be able to cook whatever four is on him where you throw it to, to J-Dub, and he's going to be able to cook whoever. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's really interesting. And, you know, maybe it's not J-Dub. Maybe it is Aaron Wiggins. You know, you just don't know. I mean, you think about Chris Middleton, who's drafted in the mid to late second round. He's a really good player, second best player on a title team, you know. And I'm not saying Aaron Wiggins is going to be that, but I'm just going to say that, like, for me to sit here and act like I know how everything is going to go with all these players, I don't. And even listening to, if you listen to the Fry Pod, I've had the guys choose between Aaron Wiggins and Jang, and they chose Wiggins. And I would have chose Jang for a lot of reasons, 
just because Jang's got better size, he's got better feel for the game, he's got tons of potential, and you just have to take a swing. Now, Aaron Wiggins has a better starting point right now because he's been in the league. He's also several years older than Jang. Um, I think he's like four years younger. I think he's, Aaron Wiggins is four years older than Jang. So it's a little bit unfair comp for those two. Um, but there is a world where Aaron Wiggins is just like better than him. And like Aaron Wiggins is a good player. There's a world that that, that could happen. So, um, okay. I think that's all the calls we have. Mikele is gone. And we will have another Summers of Sam podcast on Wednesday with me and Alex Spears. So get ready for that. If you missed our Mitch McGarry episode from last week, I highly recommend just listening to the Mitch McGarry episode over again. Uh, I think we'll start the podcast with some corrections and some information that was gathered post-pod. So I hope you guys look forward to that. I hope you guys are having a great Monday. I'm sitting in my house right now without air conditioning because my air conditioner went out. Miffed and peeved about that. If we're doing a little miffed and peeved here at the end, so I'm waiting on a new air conditioner to uh, come to my house and be installed. I act like the air conditioner walks over itself. That's how delirious I am right now with this heat. Uh, Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Uh, White Black says, Jang didn't even start his NBA career. I know. That's what makes this difficult. That's what makes this all really difficult. It's like trying to make judgments on players that haven't even played yet. It's tough. It's tough. Right now, it's just we're just gauging potential over what we have seen. And I would take potential at this, you know, today I would take potential. We're still at the beginning stages of the rebuild. So, like, there's no point in not taking the swing on somebody. You're right, white, black. Uh, All right. You guys have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.